0: It's been a while since we've Yeah, we haven't talked in a little while. Talked. Have you gone to the movies
1: at all? All right, let's just like let's just like talk like let's just like get in. It's it's like kind of like it's kind of <laughs> dead now like in terms of the like the <laughs> excitement level, but I mean, you I mean, I saw Barbie and Oppenheimer and so did you.
0: So we should talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's let's just like talk about those movies, I think. We'll like like start out like talking about those movies, yeah.
0: Yeah. Should we we start with Oppen? Which one did you see first, Oppenheimer or Barbie?
1: Uh, I saw Barbie first. I saw Um, saw
0: Oppenheimer first.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't care.
0: Let's let's start with Oppenheimer. I feel like I might have more to say about Oppenheimer than Barbie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would say like with Oppenheimer, like, um. I mean that's probably like the movie of the year, right? Like it's got to be. Like yeah, that's probably like the best like movie I've seen this year that that's come out, you know, like yeah. Um and I don't know what else would compete with it. It's obviously like a big huge gigantic movie. <laughs> right. But for me like I found it incredibly moving. And exciting and interesting. And I don't know. I I do think it's like a movie that's like about like the event, Mm -hmm. capital E event, you know what I mean? Which is like the (laughs) Trinity test, right? And I think the Trinity test is like the thing that like changed the world. And that's kind of like what the movie is all about, sort of. It's about a lot of things, but you know what I mean? And for me, like i think that's really interesting and i think the movie translates that in a really amazing way Mm -hmm. and so like i don't know what else competes with that movie from just kind of like an importance level
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i completely agree i read the oppenheimer biography a long time ago. I think it was like 2018, 2017 that I read it. So it's been like five or six years since I read it. I really loved it. It's one of my favorite biographies I've ever read. I think it's just called Oppenheimer. Anyone who's into biographies. It's American Prometheus. Yes, American Prometheus. Have you read it, Andrew?
1: Uh, I own it. I bought it a while ago.
0: Okay. It's a great read. It's incredible. Oppenheimer's Life is just one of the most fascinating lives of human history and just a yeah yeah
1: super he's he's the he's the he's a paradoxical figure i
0: guess he you really could is say. <laughs> and the one <laughs> and i think in a lot of ways they do a really good job in sort of paying these these paradoxical ideas of a I, I was surprised how popular oppenheimer is and has continued to be like that that makes me really I mean, happy. It is, a, great it is a Christopher Nolan movie. It so. is a Nolan film, which he's great it's like at. An like, event. Yeah, they, they love like really selling his stuff, which is great. And, and I'm really happy Nolan gets to do it. Definitely Nolan's best film. But
1: I think it might be too.
0: I think what a lot of people kind of miss, people who have seen it and people who sort of know the history of Oppenheimer and claim to know the history of Oppenheimer is they sort of see Oppenheimer as this really evil human being?
1: That's what, yeah. And that's what we're saying by. That's what we mean by paradoxical.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean when you read his biography, of course, biography is always lean towards the person because if you're a biographer, like you, in a certain way, in a certain sense, you fall in love with this person. I mean, not obviously in the sense of like you like them necessarily, right? Plenty of biographies about Hitler by people who hate nazis i'm not saying anything other than that but
1: well that's a well that's a right right i what i what i think you're about to say is that like oppenheimer like did the thing that he did because he is a he's jewish Mm -hmm. and he sees the rise of fascism and hitler and nazism in europe and so he 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 assumes that this weapon will be used to destroy that
0: yeah and his belief as he makes apparent in the film is that yeah. which is genuinely what they believe they're like if we don't build this bomb because the nazis yeah, were the germans were, yeah. building a nuclear bomb like it's yeah. the nuclear bomb is going to exist and everyone believed that and everyone knew that to be a fact and i think that's what people sometimes forget <laughs> is like nuclear bombs terrible right if we lived in a world where they never had to be built that's great but the fact is is like if the americans didn't do it the germans would have built one Like that's just don't they
1: say that don't they say though that the Germans like couldn't figure it out or something like that.
0: So there's uh some great readings that I did recently. I I was getting really into some physics stuff and I can't remember what the name of the book was, but I only read it like a couple of months ago. And it was about a meeting between Einstein and Bohr, which is really fascinating because. Because Bohr was one of the great physicists of his time, but Bohr also worked uh, for, it was Bohr, right, who worked for Hitler, or it was one of the other, I don't know if it was Bohr or one of the other Heisenberg. physicists. Heisenberg. Heisenberg, yeah, uh, who worked under Hitler to build their bomb. But the problem is, is like all of the great physicists of the time, for whatever reason, were of the Jewish faith. And so Hitler, yeah. like, made it really right. hard for them to work. <laughs> right. Because like some of the, the greatest physicists, you know, before Hitler came to power, Germany was known as like the home of physics. He, like, like some of the he's, some in, phys-
1: he's in Germany at the beginning of the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like uh, you know, Einstein and so many other great physicists are from the German area. Like they're whatever or like they all went to Germany just because like some of the best physics schools yeah, but they're and, Jewish. <laughs> but they're all Jewish, right? So what happens yeah. is like when Hitler takes power, he basically kicks the greatest physicists in the world out and then the ones he doesn't get out which are also Jewish. He purposely, you know, involves himself in kind of stopping them from doing their work. So I and that's also a line that Oppenheimer makes, which is like we have like an 18th month lead because like Hitler has stalled the project so much. He hates Jews so much. (laughs) Like his hatred for the Jewish folk and the jewish religion is so Correct. powerful that it stops and, and, from building and yeah the nuclear but bomb. it
1: still it still takes them long enough though it still takes the americans long enough to the point where like germany nazi germany falls and then but then they still have to do, make it because they've been making it for so long <laughs> and then they finish it and then the american government is like well what are we going to do with it oh i know we'll drop it on japan <laughs> uh, twice and, and and then of course that's kind of like the thing where oppenheimer is just like I don't know, like everybody in the movie, mostly a lot of people in the movie and Oppenheimer are just like, what the, like, I don't know about (laughs) that. (laughs) Like, I didn't really like, that's not really what I wanted. Like, yeah, it seems unnecessary. That's really
0: the point. And I don't think they do this in the movie, (laughs) but something that they make very apparent in any book you read about the uh, Manhattan Project and and, and all of these things is that many of the scientists, Oppenheimer and Klubin and many of the others, were very adamant that they should invite the japanese what are... he's not a king he's a he was a uh, emperor. emperor invite the japanese emperor and you know some of the other people in the japanese government to the testing yeah. and you know and show them right and and just like have us do a presentation because like when people see this like they'll the war will end, right? Because no one wants it's this. It's
1: not, yeah, but it's like it's not, it's not, um, it's not abject enough, right? Yeah. Like it's not. Uh, <laughs> there have to be like dead people involved, I guess, because it's that really. I guess that message is even more clear. What, like, don't they say like, yeah, like the first one is to show them like the power of it, and the second one is to show them that we can do it again and again. Like, yeah, that's like terrible.
0: Incredible line, Ugh, just <clears throat> horrendous. Moment and and there's some interesting. I don't know why I know so much about the subject, <laughs> but Dan Carlin, who does Hardcore History, one of the most famous history podcasts out there, uh, has has spoken a lot about the dropping of the nuclear bombs, and he's done like a twelve-hour podcast on the subject. And there are very legitimate arguments to be made that the nuclear bombs that they dropped. Are safer than the bombs that they're basically the firebombing that they did before because they, but people forget it's like basically the
1: same level of like, like death and destruction essentially.
0: Yeah. Of course, that doesn't account for like the fact that that area is destroyed forever right that's a nuclear <laughs> waste zone for all of well, time i watched them
1: so uh, recently they have a on criterion they have a documentary mm-hmm. called uh, the day after trinity which is just like a very like clear-cut documentary about that was made i think like in the 670s or 80s mm-hmm. this just kind of talks about it you know like it's just it's a short documentary so it's not like yeah super detailed but uh i think they talk about how like they i think they left hiroshima right like hiroshima was like an untouched city before they drop the nuclear bomb on it <laughs> to really show like how fucking crazy it is. And of course, at the end of the documentary, too, they talk about the hydrogen bomb, of course, um, yeah. and and they show and talk about how just incredibly more destructive it is than the nuclear bomb, which essentially <laughs> essentially creates a crater in the earth.
0: yeah, it's, Jesus, it, it's insane, but obviously, Nuclear bombs are bad and evil was done. But I do understand, and I think people should understand the arguments about why the nuclear bombs were dropped and the fact that the firebombing that they were doing for months and months and months before was incredibly destructive too. And because a lot of these cities were built out of extremely flammable uh, objects... Like it would it would just create an extremely It's probably the
1: best the best movie that I think to talk about movies. I think the uh, grip <laughs> for the firefly shows up pretty well. The firebombing yeah. that Americans did.
0: Absolutely. But like
1: the very beginning. It's very fucked up.
0: Yeah. And I think people forget that. Like they just think of like the nuclear bomb, which is a terrible thing. But like the firebombing wasn't really that much better. <laughs> and we would have kept doing it yeah. for an extremely long amount of time. So there, well, I think they're about to surrender, movement, though,
1: right? I, I would like to think that well, right? they that's... would maybe stop if they surrendered.
0: <laughs> and and that's part of it too. So it's it's just a very complicated issue, and I think we like to kind of paint this black and white picture. And I think Nolan does a pretty good job of this. But you know, people who haven't seen the film or, or like take have their take before they go see it, and and hold on to their take no matter what. Is that Oppenheimer is just this evil human being who personally created the nuclear bomb and wanted it to be dropped on on these countries? It's just so much more complex than that and i think
1: yeah i mean if you come away with that maybe you're probably walking through you're, you're like uh it's like uh you're like a baby like right like you're yeah. like, a, like a child like you think that like things are just like black and white good and evil Um yeah. well i mean there are things that i would say are evil
0: sure
1: um but yeah like the movie is like more uh complex than that you know what i mean like it's for adults you know like it's an adult movie <laughs> for adult people so yeah you know, it's not really like a baby movie. It's not the Super Mario <laughs> Brothers movie.
0: <laughs> no, not exactly. But I think one thing that Nolan did very well, which I think Nolan sometimes struggles with, is he has this thing where like he's really obsessed with time, which is fine. He loves it. And and sometimes his stories like become arbitrarily complicated. I think Tenet is like a great example of <laughs> this.
1: But I like Tenet. Tenet's good.
0: I like Tenet too. I enjoy Tenet very much. But I but think it's sometimes so, it's he... so
1: wrapped up in his own shit. It, it, it's exactly like so, it so much bullshit in it. It's like it doesn't it almost doesn't even become a movie anymore. Yeah. He, so he's good. so
0: ra- he's so wrapped up in his own exposition, right? He loves explaining like how stuff works, which makes sense, right? You, you watch films like Women stuff and, he, and he's so thoughtful about this process they kind of like he gets excited and he wants to explain like how it all works in his movies yeah. which i understand <laughs> but it can become a little much at times and i think with this because it's a real person and a real thing that happened
1: yeah it's like a more grounded movie than his others
0: it's more grounded and i, I think it really works and i love about yeah i saw film. it in imax oh i wish i saw an imax i guess i still can't there's one i'm which I, they're still showing it there in IMAX, so I might go again and really? see an in IMAX. Wow. Yeah. Are they not showing it where you are anymore?
1: I don't know. They probably are. I would like to see it a second time. I feel like it would be even better a second time because you'll kind of, yeah. I feel like you, if you saw it a second time, you'd be more familiar with like the names that are being said and thrown around because <laughs> um, there's a lot of names and stuff. There's so. a lot of names. I think I would enjoy it more. I think I would maybe enjoy it more a second time, or at least like get like something even more out of it a second time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw it in IMAX and it was really good. I mean, it sounded amazing. It was really loud. Oh, I bet. <laughs> um, looked great, which I would have seen it in a 70 millimeter, but it just wasn't possible.
0: Yeah, the 70 millimeter prints are hard to find, but it would have been incredible to see. But yeah, I think surrounding the whole film around that conversation between Einstein, Oppenheimer, and Robert Downey Jr.'s character, I think that was a yeah, really... Yeah, that's cool. I think that's, I narrative. think it's
1: cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I like all that stuff. I think it's it sort of, I would say once it enters into the third act, it kind of starts to get a little laborious, but I, I still, it's still really good. I like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I loved every second of it. And I, I love those stuff with Robert Downey Jr. because you know, there's that moment at the end where you finally learn what Einstein and Oppenheimer were actually talking about <laughs> yeah and, and he makes the point that like it's not really about you like it's just like like you ever had the consideration that they just weren't talking about you at all like well,
1: that's well that's the fucking thing about the movie too like that's really really good is that like all of this like stuff with like all this like super like world history changing stuff like the nuclear bomb and world war ii and communism and like the cold mm-hmm. war and stuff like that all of this stuff is almost like predicated and decided by people who are, are like petty and upset with each other over yeah. like, the smallest <laughs> like differences and arguments. And so it's just like, that to me is like extremely scary. And I feel like, yeah, like the movie like, like talks about that really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's arguably one of the best representations of not only politics in America, but worldwide politics, which is like, we think, right? We we love the idea of your FDRs, who are these big like yeah, idea you people. See FDR. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the but it's guys, not. Yeah,
0: but it's not really. I mean, even even if you actually read some of the biographies of FDR, which I strongly suggest to anyone who's into biographies, there's some really great ones on FDR. Uh, FDR was an incredibly petty human being. Like he was a really Mean person (laughs) yeah these men are
1: so like they're so like they're so sensitive like they're so um they're really like not really like strong men really like or like um as maybe like people like want to believe or think that they are like yeah the people these guys are actually like really sensitive and touchy and (laughs) they're like pathetic and babies absolutely like the most powerful people in the world and they run the world yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a solution that we've created from 12 years of schooling in college too that you know the people who run the world are these powerful brilliant people but the fact is as the film oppenheimer makes clear is like no they're just the people who run the world are just more powerful than you but they're just as petty they're just as awful like the reason they make the decisions they do it isn't for the better of mankind it isn't it's so... like for short.
1: Sure, it's like for short yeah. term like things <laughs> and goals yeah,
0: for, for dumb fucking reasons <laughs> And that's just yeah, the world we live it's, in. Like that's just how it Yeah, is. It,
1: it's a fucking awesome movie, dude. It's so good,
0: so good. I, I, oh I really, God.
1: really liked it. It's, uh, so it's, in, it's incredibly impressive.
0: Yeah, I, I saw it with some friends, and I'm glad. Which was like, I could either see an IMAX or I could see it with some friends, and I was like, right. you know what? I'll, I'll just yeah. see it with other people, in, in a packed theater too. It was. I think if we went still on playing in IMAX.
1: Go see, go see it, by it. Yourself
0: in IMAX. Okay, I think I will
1: if you have the time.
0: I think I should have the time. Yeah. It was a blast of film. I, I loved every second of it. I love the biography. I love the film. I think it's Nolan's best work. So it's just great all around.
1: Yeah. It's good.
0: But then on the other yeah, hand, the there's Barbie.
1: Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, I also Which saw Barbie. Yeah.
0: It is the highest grossing Warner Brothers film ever which is kind of wild yeah. because Christopher Nolan has only worked with Warner brothers for almost all of his films.
1: Oh All right. And he got angry and pissed off about how they handled tenant. Yeah, that's funny. And they handled have made a lot of money. They could have made so a lot badly. of money this year. More
0: money. This year. <laughs> right? They would have made a lot of money. Had they, they just like, done what he
1: wanted. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like if they just been, like, had the biggest year ever. If they had just listened to him and like released Tenet in theaters for a couple of weeks, right. Just to appease him. Cause that's like his whole thing. Yeah. Well, thanks to the
1: success of Barbie. I'm really excited for the Polly Pocket movie. I'm really excited <laughs> for the second Battleship movie. The Monopoly movie I'm really excited for. I'm really excited for the uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. I can't wait for all these movies.
0: Hasbro's back in the game, baby.
1: That's so awesome.
0: Or is it Mattel? Yeah,
1: Hasbro. It's Mattel, but uh, I was talking about Hasbro with like the board games. And okay. Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Mattel,
1: Hasbro. Oh man, Play School. We got to get Play School in there.
0: <laughs> Don't you remember like the mid two thousands where Hasbro had like this big thing where they made a bunch of yeah they like, did board the games they, they made the like one.
1: They made the battleship movie. Battleship failed. It Miserably. failed, the I'm assuming, like with the Barbie Mattel shit, the the, the second movie that they make uh, based on the toy or whatever, it's gonna fail. Yeah. like it's gonna oh. not be like people are gonna oh, yeah. completely gonna be like, like I don't give a fuck. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm out of here. Like we yeah. like we already got it the first time. Like we don't need a second one. Like yeah. So you know, Barbie movie was pretty good. Um, I liked it. I had a lot of fun. I just think it's a really clunky movie. Like, I, I just think that, like, it has, like, a lot of, like, things going on in it, and I just find that, like, I, I didn't find it, it... But for the most part, like, it's, like, a, it's like it's fun. We went there, like, I think, like, in the morning or in the early afternoon on a Thursday or Wednesday or something like that, uh-huh. and like and, like, there were, like, people there, like, you know, there were that's plenty awesome. of people there, and they were, like, wearing pink and, you know, dressing awesome, up and man. everything, and, you yeah. know, I like to see that, and that's a lot of fun, but... You know, for me, not really a movie for me, but it, it it was really good and funny, and um, there were a lot of moments that I laughed at, and yeah,
0: yeah, we saw it a few weeks after it came out, and so the theater wasn't packed, but there's still a good amount of people. I love seeing just how excited people still get to go to the movies, like you know, people dressing up. I mean, even you know, weeks later, right? People are still wearing pink and very excited about the movie i'm going I, to see i love seeing that.
1: Uh, i i i can't wait to go see the blue beetle and everyone's gonna wear blue <laughs> blue I'm really excited everyone's really excited for that movie for sure <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah oh yeah
0: i'm so glad it's so
1: cool that like they're gonna like they're gonna stop showing oppenheimer and imax in theaters so they can show the blue
0: beetles so
1: <laughs> a movie everyone is really
0: excited for like me An only imax experience i mean there's no other way to see that movie
1: yeah, I'm sure it looks really great in IMAX. I'm sure every, I'm sure it's totally warranted the
0: extra price. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I saw the movie with Emily. Which taking Emily to the movie theater, that's no easy thing to do. like I see movie with her in theaters maybe once a year. Like that's, it takes a lot Everyone to get Emily to theater, go to movie theaters. So yeah. getting her to go to movie theater, it was, it was it's a exciting, big deal, it's an event. It really is, and it was. I had a lot of fun. I think it's funny uh i wish i'd seen it sooner just because like i heard a lot of like jokes from the movie before i saw it so like some of the stuff was kind of given away a little early uh i think it lacks a bit of focus you know what i mean like, like
1: too much stuff like yeah i, I don't know they
0: i like, think it's very they funny like leave,
1: they leave barbie land and then they go back to barbie land like it's just like all this like back and forth shit is just kind of like i don't know
0: yeah i Honestly, in my opinion, I don't think they ever should have left Barbie Land. I think the stuff in Barbie Land it looks good. No, it's funny. okay.
1: I think going back to Barbie Land a mistake. I like. I thought the stuff was really funny when Ken and Barbie they go to the real world and they walk around and they're just like, whoa! Like I like that stuff a lot. <laughs> I think that's really fun. Obviously, Barbie Land is really cool and it looks great and everything, yeah. and all that shit. Um, but I like when they go. I mean this is like a classic thing, right? Like it's the classic move. From, no, I get it's, it. it's a classic yeah. movie thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I get the trope. I'm I'm not disagreeing with it. And I understand why they leave. I just think the stuff in the real world doesn't look very good, which is weird. But, like,
1: but I like that though, because that's the real world. The real world looks <laughs> like shit. It doesn't look like Barbie.
0: <laughs> I guess that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, I, I think of uh Greta Gerwig's other stuff, which I really like Greta Gerwig's stuff. She did Little Women, which I enjoyed a lot, and Lady Bird. Uh, which I love, but I don't like that movie very much. Which one, Ladybird? No, I didn't like it very much.
1: You know, I saw Little Woman for the first time the other day, though, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, it did make me cry a lot. Yeah, it did make me cry a lot. But Great. I think it's mostly just because, like, of the story. You know, like that's just like a classic. Like, <laughs> right? It's like very... the story, <laughs> like the story that's baked into the movie that wasn't her creation is just no. like a good story. You know, so, um, yeah anyway
0: yeah i didn't know that noah bomback was uh wrote it with barbie with her which makes sense because they write almost everything together but it was nice yeah i believe they are married yeah so they they do all their stuff right white noise has her name on it too and they do everything together so and and she's in it obviously yeah (laughs) but there's stuff about Barbie I really enjoyed. I think it's a really fun movie. I think it's one of the most fun I've had in the theaters in a long time. Like other than Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, it's probably the most fun I've had in a movie. I just I laughed a lot. It was silly. Everyone I know who's seen it loves it. My little sisters, it's six a people, old, it's a people it. pleaser
1: movie. Yeah, it's like a it people is. pleaser movie. I feel like it yeah. kind of like like kind of like has stuff in it that like can like resonate with all kinds of different people, no matter what.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's great. I think (laughs) some of the speeches are a little preachy. I mean not. Yeah, it's a
1: preachy movie. Yeah, it's a preachy fucking movie and yeah, it's like um it's just clunky. You know, I just think that like there's just something like there's too many things going on, you know, like where you have like the parents and then you have like the Will Ferrell Mattel thing. Like all these, yeah. uh, all these like aspects are like, okay. And then the Ken, mm-hmm. of course, thing, like all of these like conflicts and things going on. Like, I don't think yeah. any of them individually are like bad ideas. It's just like, it's just like, why is it, everything has to happen at the same time. Like, why? like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then the whole Will Ferrell thing, like it kind of just,
1: it like peters out, out at like, the an- yeah, end. There's, there's yeah, there's
0: no, like nothing, like they go, they go to Barbie land and then just they kind of disappear for a while and then they're just like oh it's just kind of like I thought that was going to be the big conflict which would have been a fun one to have or yeah, again or, or if you do the conflict with like the mother daughter stuff like that's fine too. But and then then you just got like the Ken stuff. It's just like there's so I just many. Feel like it loses the
1: vibe. It just kind of like loses itself by the end of the movie. I think like it starts out really strong. Like it starts yeah. out incredibly strong. And then like all the stuff with Barbie Land is like really fun. And then they go 100%. into the real world and it's like really funny and like all oh, they're interacting with everybody mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then like once like more conflicts and characters get introduced, you're just like okay, like what <laughs> like what are we doing? What's going on? Like what am I like? What's the like what's the idea and it's just i don't know
0: yeah and it doesn't really feel like anything really gets resolved at the end of the movie like it kind of just <clears> fixes <throat> itself yeah it's just a little disappointing i love the the i'm just ken music video thing i, I think yeah that's i really think fun.
1: like uh yeah i think that's it's like um it's like uh like the singing in the rain thing
0: that's exactly what i thought uh, was I, I think Greta Gerwig sure, was like, specifically, yeah, specifically yeah. says that was her <laughs> inspiration, and uh,
1: you know it's, it's ironic because I thought Ryan Gosling kind of stole like the show. He's really funny.
0: Yeah,
1: it's ironic <laughs> to say, but yeah,
0: which of course, <laughs> like yeah, the but... one male character steals the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, like the one, like yeah, but um, I don't know, you know, it, it's it's good, it's good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I had a good time with it, and. Thought it was fun. I would definitely I probably wouldn't go to theater to see it again, but I definitely watched it again. No, don't. <laughs> no. Or not. But yeah, I just I just came out a little disappointed because I just wanted it to be more focused. And I think <clears throat>
1: I had no high th- my, my my expectations were not high. <laughs> oh, I, like, I know.
0: Uh, I'm aware.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm good. But yeah, yeah. But still I, I still ended up having a good time. But yeah.
0: Yeah, which is great. Yeah. I just I feel like within there there's a a strong message to be had and I feel like they kind of they kind of fumbled it and that that kind of bothers me <laughs> which it it's complicated because like which I I think the film tries to face but then also it can't really come to reckon with it which is the fact that Barbie sort of is this feminist icon but at the same time it's also like creating this very specific view of what a woman is, and like, yeah. and it's and for a long time, Barbie was very racist, <laughs> and it. There's a lot of problematic things right with Barbie. It's a, and, it's, a, and it's just, like a
1: product too for like it's like a product. You and know, at the end of the day, right, like it's a, a product.
0: Thing. Yeah. So it. Yeah. And I, I think Greta Gerwig does and Noah back do their best in their writing to try to come to terms with that and try to like face it, but. i don't know i I guess in a a sense they're kind of given an impossible task like how do you make an anti-capitalist feminist movie about the most capitalist
1: (laughs) and then it gets like and then and then once you start like getting into that stuff it just starts to get kind of like didactic and stuff like that and like over explanatory and it's just like okay like i know you know like i know (laughs) i know what i know it you know so i don't know But you know, it is kind of nice that like I guess like a movie that's released in theaters that is so popular does have those things to say rather yeah. than not. But I don't but I'm not really a fan of that writing. I'm not really a fan of like like this kind of like I don't really like I don't really I'm not, I'm not like, trying to be, like, a woke guy. You know what I mean? Like, people are obsessed <laughs> with, like, things being woke and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I'm not really, like, a fan of the writing where people, like, are, like, oh, it's capitalism. Da-da-da. You know, it's, like, ugh, like, I know. We know. We all know this. Like, <laughs> you know, tell me something I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah, it just feels like it's one of those things that, like, you know when you see something in theaters and you're, like, that's not going to age well. Like, it's fine now, but, like, you know it's not going to yeah, age yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I would it's... say so, yeah.
0: I yeah. feel like it's that. Like it's one of the things it's like, oh, that's like you watch that 10 years from now and that's just not gonna work.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: But overall, yep. still a very fun time. <clears throat> and I'm glad you had fun yeah. saying it. Like that's that's yeah, good it was to fine. know. Yeah. Oh, Barbie. Hey Barbie. And that's those songs are stuck in my head constantly. I just can't. You know, Ty when saw that movie a couple of weeks ago, and the day after they saw it, his partner buy him the vinyl of the
1: oh soundtrack. the soundtrack yeah <laughs> yeah like the so charlie xx awesome. song is pretty good and
0: i like the charlie X. I i like the Nicki minaj barbie world i like that one
1: that one's okay um yeah it's fun it's good. yeah I, I, I appreciate the rallying behind it um i can't really get mad at it or anything like that
0: absolutely i'm glad you know it's great to see people Loving movies that that always makes me happy. Just keep seeing people excited about movies. I mean, you, you can really never complain about that. But one thing I, I really wanted to talk about in this podcast episode, uh, since the last time we talked, I have watched all the Mission Impossible movies. I've done it. That's right. Probably should have done it before I saw the new Mission Impossible movie, but <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Like, well,
1: when it when it comes to like the plot of the movie, as you it probably really have are. seen, it doesn't really matter. <laughs>
0: uh yeah so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start by giving my definitive rank of my for my favorite mission impossible movie and this is favorite. definitive yeah this is definitive no one can disagree with me all right my favorite one and, and this might be my favorite one only because it's the very first mission impossible movie i ever saw and i did see in theaters in imax it's fallout i i fucking love the stunts in that movie <clears> it's yeah, funny it's, like a perfect it's crazy. action movie it's perfect number two ghost protocol i mean yeah, the fucking, one rocks. fucking Yeah, I told
1: you man, that one's good.
0: Uh, number 3 on the list is Dead Reckoning, which again, you know, Chris McQuarrie like the live action stunts he does are just they're wild. They're out of this world. I love it. Number 4, we have the OG Mission Impossible. I think Brian De Palma's Mission Impossible is insane. <laughs> and the fact that Brian De Palma was like given like allowed to make a big name movie is so Baffling because De Palma is mean, just like,
1: <laughs> but he has—he's made so many of them. He's made Scarface he and Carrie and The Untouchables, and uh, I know it's just—it it you know, baffles he's... me every time because De Palma is like, so, so
0: like specific and weird, and like just so himself that like the fact—I mean, I guess he's like right—he's friends with like George Lucas and stuff, so it makes sense. Yeah, he's like friends with all stuff. these people. Yeah, yeah, and like friends with Coppola and all that. The, the first but...
1: movie, one of the first movies that Brian De Palma ever made, contains the very first performance of Robert De Niro. Really. Yeah.
0: I did not know this. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> but I love the original Mission Impossible. It it's wonderful. It's incredible. The only complaint I have with the first one is the last like fight scene thing with the helicopter. I'm not a huge fan of that. It it looks I love it. <laughs> it's so it funny. looks a little, it's just like I got I'm fine with like taking you know cgi as is of the time and, and like it, i'm not really so bothered with that it's just like the scene the the very the extremely famous scene right where he comes down and and steals the thing like that scene is so so fucking good
1: i love like, that scene, everything man. else
0: in comparison like everything else ever that it just you can never get as good as that too but i love the beginning when they go into the Beginning's party great That's too. A great beginning oh my god scene. there's just so many good moments in this and What's amazing about the original Mission Impossible and all the Mission Impossibles is they never really explain what Mission Impossible is? Like, there's never an explanation of like how it's these like, people it's got like, there.
1: It's like it, I think it's just like Mission Impossible is even like a an organization that's even like more secretive and crazy yeah. than the CIA. <laughs> like, it's like it, it goes up even that bit even is more secretive and crazy than the yeah. CIA is, which is why people are attacking. Why? Which is why, like in every single movie, they attack it because they're just like. Like you guys are doing everything under the radar we don't like
0: that you know even
1: more than the cia like so i think that's like the idea
0: i love it it's wonderful of course uh you know we get the the only original people that are in the original mission possible that stay through all of them are luther and ethan but pretty much i love seeing luther in all of them of course in one of them luther's only at like the very end which is the ghost protocol which is like my biggest biggest complaint with ghost protocol If there's no Luther. I mean I know like Simon Keck's there. I mean like uh, except the role, but
1: he uh, Luther's a fine character. I mean I love him. He he becomes he becomes more like (laughs) his appearance becomes more and more like like I don't know like I don't know like especially in this new movie, I feel like his line readings are just so like like yes and this is where you read the line you know what I mean where yeah. you say some, where you, where you drop some knowledge you know and it's yeah. like I feel like his part has now become more formulaic or like I don't
0: know for sure he's yeah, okay it's great to see him in the first one because like he's such a different no, he's really great in the first one. yeah yeah he's just like a guy he's like this like really, really cool like slick guy and he's not that at all yeah, in the it rocks. but it just feels like you can't have a Mission Impossible movie without him like you, you, you have to have him you really do i
1: guess yeah he just kind of like he kind of like he doesn't do a lot either he just kind of like presses buttons on the key on the keyboard you know what i mean like he does a lot but you know <laughs> what i mean like yeah he, he's like they just like uh, it's just like they need ethan hunt to have like someone to talk to while he's jumping around yeah and so he's talking <laughs> yes, to like and, Peg and luther like on his like thing you know so yeah have so he can like so they can trade yeah dialogue and like be funny and like tell jokes and stuff so it's not just like tom cruise just like um doing everything <laughs> silently or whatever right. so yeah
0: yeah yeah it's so he can give his moment so that's number four number five is the first christopher McQuarrie mission possible which is rogue nation yeah
1: that one's okay
0: which yeah it, I it's fine I, I think there's some good stuff with it uh that movie by nice... like
1: the last hour peter's out though i think like the last half Agreed. hour where they're like yeah. sitting around talking a lot like what are we doing like i don't know <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it's weird because like Christopher McQuarrie's other Mission Impossible movies, like they're so like stunt heavy. And like there's all these yeah. like stunts. And of course, there's that opening stunt, which is insane. Right? Oh, he yeah. Goes on the it's plane. Dope <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, that is cool. It's like, whoa, that is a crazy stunt. But that one definitely like towards the end, it, it gets a little slow. And uh, I'm not a huge fan of that one. But there's still some good stuff. Then number six, uh, Mission Impossible 2. I would love to see the original cut of this, which probably doesn't exist. Which of course is, is John Woo's famous like three and a half hour cut of this film, because there's some really interesting moments that Anthony Hopkins. This is the one he's in, right? The second one, or no? I, think, in... so, yeah. I think so. I think there, is, yeah, think so. And there's like all of these different people in it and like things going on that like you can tell yeah. there's a story here, but it was cut so to shreds. Like this movie is cut so to shreds that it's hard to. I do like what's when the John Woo
1: isms. I do like when his Woo isms, like especially toward the end, come through
0: those are amazing i mean the it's one of it's probably the best uh motorcycle chase in all of the mission impossible movies yeah the
1: motorcycle chase is really good yeah. yeah
0: uh the problem with a lot of the mission possible movies or um some of some of the mission possible movies particularly the first christopher mcquary one rogue nation is and when i get to it the jj abrams one which is the big problem with that one is the use of guns like guns are just like guns can work well in a movie, you know. John Wick can do it well, but it's like, John Woo's really the only one that can make a good gun shooting scene. Like, there's very few people who do it well. And John Woo's like, really good
1: with guns. Guns are like almost so like an extension, you know, yeah. With
0: them, like yeah,
1: like the extension of the body, less of like a, I don't know. A,
0: it's more of like a sword, right? An like a, a samurai yeah. sword than it is. And I, I think that's yeah. why you know those scenes work so well because like in the other movies, there's very little shooting. Like if you. When you talk about Ghost Protocol, there's almost no shooting in that movie. No, like, there really is Never use a gun. And another thing I love about Ghost Protocol is Brad Bird, like is very willing, which is the first movie that uh, really they did with Ethan Hunt, which is like he just gets fucking beat to shit. Like every time he jumps to something, he gets he's, hurt like, a lot. Constantly hitting his head. Like, he gets hurt. Strike.
1: That's a good point, too. Yeah. By the end, he's just kind of like, remember, he's like, his body is just like yeah. completely destroyed and he's laying on the ground, not moving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched that, too, and I was just like, man, he gets really hurt in that movie a lot. <laughs> like, he how can you get up distressed. from a lot of this stuff? Yeah. And I love that. I,
0: I love the villain. That.
1: The villain in that movie sucks, though. I would say that's like the worst villain
0: in Ghost Protocol. Yeah. What's the, just, they, who's the villain in that one?
1: Exactly. You can't even remember it. <laughs> You don't even remember. I, I saw.
0: I saw it very recently.
1: They're like gonna blow up the city with the bomb, with the missile.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, doesn't matter. It, it's in. You, you don't of even that movie. like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the, I think the villains are a little bit better in all the other movies for the most yeah. part, <clears throat> you, and especially the, in the third movie. Even in the third movie.
0: Yes. So so last on the list, Mission Impossible Seven. The JJ yeah, I would Abrams say that's film. the worst one.
1: Yeah, the who, third one is not very good.
0: Who he can uh JJ Abrams continued to produce them. I think he's yeah still, he still does, involved. I think. I think he's still yeah. involved, which is great, good for him. Uh, as a director <laughs> Mission Possible three kind of sucks. It it's not good. It's so it's boring. too
1: it's too and, and it looks too um like a
0: rip off
1: Steven too, Spielberg. No, yeah, JJ Abrams is a ripoff Steven Spielberg shitty director yeah. i was gonna say his his movies look and this one in particular that i'm trying to say it's there's too much um like the dark i'm trying to think of what the word is but like the whites are too white and the darks are too dark you know
0: yeah it's too saturated saturated is what i mean it's way too saturated <laughs> yeah and all of the action scenes in this <laughs> like it's just like people shooting at each other it's so fucking boring like, I don't just, mind
1: like some of the. I think some of the action sequences are decent. Like I don't mind like for them, them for the most part. It's just like I don't know. Um, like I, I do like when they um they go to the party and they knock out Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's a good one. I kind of like that's that. That's a great
0: moment. I love that scene yeah. where they where the, he goes to the bathroom. That one's fun. That's, that's a great fun scene. Mission
1: Impossible antics.
0: Yes, I I love the, those moments where it's very Mission Impossible antics, as you put it. Those moments are really great and. Something that I didn't mention in Mission Impossible 2 is one thing John Wu really liked to do is he liked to explain things without having to, like, say anything. And there's that moment at the very beginning, right, where he rips off the mask and he pulls off that little thing for his voice, which they yeah. never explained. It. I think in the first one, he they just, like, fake the voice. I think Tom Cruise just, like, fakes the voice. yeah this is like an accent but it makes more sense like, when
1: you have the sticker yeah
0: like we have the sticker like they don't say anything right he just pulls it off and he has a different voice it's like oh like it all makes yeah. sense like it just explains it like it's it's perfect and they use that in some of the later yeah. movies too but but i, I love that moment and and of course in mission impossible 3 that moment where they get philip Seymour hoffman and he has to like read those specific lines i love that it's great that's really cool that's a really he's like cool the best and he's
1: really great in the movie too the, the philip Seymour hoffman he's he so is. good Ugh, he gives he's the so best much. part of the movie
0: it's amazing that, like, even for what could have easily just been, like, a call-in performance, Will Super Hoffman's like, no. Like, I'm fucking going yeah, all out. Yeah, you know,
1: the, thir- the third movie, it, it, even the third movie, like, it, it's easily the worst out of the whole franchise, but even yeah. that movie is still, like, pretty redeemable. Like, it's still, it's like, still I can fun. still find... I can still, like... And, I, yeah. and and with that, like, the whole franchise is, like, pretty, like, consistent in quality, I think.
0: Absolutely. No, and so even though, like, it's at the bottom of the list, there's still a lot of Great things about it, and Phil Seymour Hoffman definitely the best, right? My biggest complaint. So, J.J. Abrams famously gave that TED talk about the mystery box, and that's that's his whole thing about storytelling.
1: Did you ever lost? Did you ever watch Lost?
0: <laughs> no i mean i i seen episodes when i was like a kid you know my parents would watch it yeah but i never like when i was like
1: a, when i was a kid too like a teenager my family and i watched the whole thing and i loved it yeah and i think i i think yeah. i would love to watch it again okay. i think it's one of the best shows i've ever seen
0: really is that good
1: i think no i think it's really good i think it's like weird and crazy <laughs> yeah and I, mysterious I remember,
0: I remember watching a couple episodes as a kid and i enjoyed it but i never never got into it but but yeah. his whole thing is like mystery right you never and that's my big problem with this yeah. movie is like you don't really know what Philip Seymour Hoffman wants or like what they're going for and and as we've said you know with all these movies like really what they want is inconsequential right it doesn't really matter what they want world domination whatever I
1: guess yeah but,
0: but I, I think my problem is that like Philip Seymour Hoffman he doesn't really seem to have him amazing in it right incredible performance but he doesn't Yeah, it's good Feel to me like he has a motive like I don't really understand why he does what he does and and that that kind of scratched me the wrong way and you don't really know like why things are going the way they are and that kind of left me a little a little lost in the lurch a bit and the way they kill Philip Seymour Hoffman off at the end I think it's a little lame I I would have he gets shot
1: to by the by Tom Cruise's wife
0: he gets hit by a
1: truck what Oh, he does, yeah. doesn't he? They it, shoot him yeah. and then they fight outside and then he gets hit by the truck. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in China, yeah. they're like in China, yeah.
0: <laughs> but still, very fun. Uh, still a lot of good things to be said about that one. And
1: yeah, they're all pretty good.
0: I mean, Tom Cruise, you know, like you said, he said he's going to make these movies until he's dead, which, I mean, the Probably way he. The case he's probably going to die in making one of these movies because like that's what
1: that, well, that's what he wants right like that's what he would want
0: <laughs> it has to be like no the one only, would put the themselves only... in such dangerous yeah. situations
1: the only disagreement i have with you austin is that i do think my favorite movie is the first one i just think that that one is like i like like oh, I the, the think of think about the first and second the first and second movie mm-hmm. that that they have that the others don't is that i think the first and second movie are more sexually charged
0: <laughs> they than <are>. the others <laughs> and i
1: like that about the first Very movie true. it's got like the sicko sex sicko kind of like psychosexual like thing going on with that yeah. movie like with that brian Palma, like adds to the table or i think like by the time you get to Macquarie, or i would say by the time you get to brad bird it's like a sexless like adventures yeah. from then on like For sure. there's like yeah. no sex going on <laughs> and that kind of thing isn't really like something that like i don't know i, I like kind of like I wish there were more, like, sicko elements like that in the movies, you know, <laughs> that, like, John Woo and Brian De Palma could kind of add in. So yeah. I think, I, and I, I just think that the first movie is just, like, the best out of all of them. But I, I agree with you. It, that's the only thing I would maybe, like, change.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I understand that. I kind of figured you would be of that mindset. And I, I mean, you know, as we said, there's really no such thing as a bad Mission Impossible movie. I mean, you yeah, watch all pretty good, and, and you're going to have a good time even if you watch the third one or you know what have you like it, they're consistently fun and tom cruise like he's going to be making these until he dies and that that makes me happy like i i like you thought that dead reckoning part 2 was going to be the end and that made me a little sad so the fact that he's just going to keep making them forever and it, I'm guessing it's just the end of McQuery's. That's crazy.
1: Run. That dead yeah. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully this will be the end of McQuarrie's run because I like McQuarrie, yeah. but like I would like somebody different making them, you know. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: it's just, it, that's what's nice right about the first four movies is they all have a different director on them. And, you know, whether you yeah. like the director or not, like you, you get a different visual style. I mean, you know, it's great to see like John Wu and Brian De Palma and even J.J. Abrams and Brad Bird all take a right, a, yeah, a hit at this. I think and, that's like, fun. Yeah. And they're all have like, they'll have their own homages, like the certain things that they loved from like their favorite Mission Impossible movie and all that. Yeah. And, you know, they just have like different ways of making it where like, the the thing about Fallout, Fallout Rogue Rogue Nation and Directing Reckoning One is like, they're all good, and they all have some great stunts. But they do all look like McQuarrie films. So like, they look very, and when like, you're the same director based, I mean, all Mission Impossible movies, like, the same premise right it's the same idea like it's just a yeah. b c d right so when you're the same director making basically the same movie it's it's hard to you know really for them to like kind of feel like their own thing in the way that a ghost protocol or the original mission possible or mi2 or any of the others feel
1: yeah yeah yep i agree
0: yeah yeah but that was my big thing i, I was very so i've been focused on <laughs> is watching all of those which was fun it was a fun experience to have i, I really loved it. i watched one like every day for like a week yep. so they're good you even watch anything else
1: i don't know um uh, <clears throat> uh when was the last time you saw interstellar
0: huh. gosh probably when it first came out
1: yeah me too i saw it in theaters when it came out were in high school and i was like i want to rewatch it. it's been a while and uh that movie's still good by the way just let you know um it's still good i I do like that movie people hate on it but honestly like the thing with interstellar to me is that i think it is like the probably you know as best as we can get to a spiritual successor to like 2001 a space odyssey Mm -hmm. you know just in terms of like a great space movie i don't know it's got it all and you know, it makes me tear up. Like the, like the scene where Matthew McConaughey is like looking at of all course. the different, like that made me cry again. And, uh, I don't know. I just want to like, you know, shout out that, that movie. Cause, uh, that's a good movie. Like, it's good. Like it's kind of, <laughs> it's got kind of silly moments where it's just kind of like, man, what the fuck? But yeah. I, 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 uh, I had a really good time with it again. Um, okay. it's so, it's so good looking. I don't know. It's so impressive. Yeah. um, but anyway, yeah, like, um, to kind of keep with, uh, with um, you know, last episode, we watched Nashville, which I loved. And yeah. so I decided to, like, pick up the Blu-ray of another movie he did in 1993 called Shortcuts.
0: I've heard of it.
1: And I picked it up on Blu-ray. It's never on streaming, so I got it at Blu-ray at the library. Yeah. And um, Shortcuts is basically, like, the 1990s Los Angeles version of Nashville. It's, um... <laughs> It's okay. uh, it, it it contains stories um, I believe that are based off of stories written by Raymond Carver, whom'm a fan of?
0: Oh, cool. yeah. um,
1: so it's like it's like you know, like store familial stories about relationships and sex and death and money and jobs and stuff like that. and it has a really big cast. and um, it's over three hours long and you know the thing about shortcuts that i think a lot of people will feel when they watch it is they're just as that you realize like oh this is just magnolia this is just the paul <laughs> thomas anderson movie magnolia like he stole okay. like that idea to make magnolia like it's pretty much gotcha. it's 1990s magnolia <laughs> like and arguably it's better than magnolia you know i, I like wow. alvin a lot magnolia is good but i mean like come on like
0: I mean, that's a good it's, movie. It's PTA. It's hard to beat PTA. Even as lesser stuff.
1: Well, you think you think PTA is better than Altman? I don't
0: think so. I wouldn't say one's better. They're, they're very different filmmakers.
1: <laughs> but Magnolia is exactly like shortcuts. Is they're like really? the same movie. Okay, I gotta well, watch I, mean, like, I, I shouldn't say that, but like. I shouldn't say that because like both do have like different casts and different like approaches, but well, sure. both are over three hours long. They both take place in Los Angeles. They both jump around a lot. They're yeah. both like they both have uh, I, there are similar actors. I'd be Julie Rock, wait, what's her name um, fuck what's her name um Julianne Moore. You know she's in Magnolia. She's in Shortcuts. Yeah um that's great but, like they have like <laughs> actors that lap over um yeah. shortcuts also has like performances by um andy mcdowell who's really good jack lemon uh sure. um, matthew modine oh, um jack fred Leibniz. ward jennifer wow. jason lee like lily taylor robert downey no, jr's in it cast.
0: really oh that's a young robert yeah downey
1: francis francis mcdormand's in it too
0: oh, um
1: wow. So yeah, Shortcuts. incredible class. Oh, it's Lily Tomlin's back in the movie too, and she's really good. <laughs> awesome. Oh, Tom Waits is in it too. I love the movie.
0: So many. <laughs>
1: really, I was a huge fan of Shortcuts. I think it's an amazing movie. I think it's better than Magnolia. But I, I shouldn't make comparisons okay. just because like Magnolia is good, mm-hmm. but I think Shortcuts is better. I think it's darker. I think it's more, it feels okay. more real. I think the sure. cast is a little bit better. I think the cast is a little bit less Man, self-conscious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh i think it's like kind of a sexier movie too that there's something like even more like um interesting like beautiful about it but it's also still kind of like a scuzzy movie um and it's like 1990s early 1990s los angeles and um the music in it is really good and you know obviously very altman x-esque the way that people talk to each other which i really like and I really, really liked it a lot. I thought it was like one of the best movies I've seen so far this year. I don't think I like it as much as Nashville, but it comes really, really close, I think. Okay. Um. You know, it's just, once again, it's just, you know, if you see Magnolia, it's very similar to that movie. So you'll go in probably yeah. expecting kind of the similar ideas. and. Okay. Um, But... Yeah, I, I would I would say probably most people have had the same experience as me just because like if you're going out of your way to see shortcuts, you probably have seen Magnolia. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would right? say so. like
1: I would think <laughs> I, I would think that's the case. So I'm sure basically everyone has had that same experience. Um yeah. that's at least around my age. So yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Shortcuts. Yeah, I I've heard about it, but I've never you know what, now that I think about it, how many Altman films have I actually seen? I might have not, I might have only seen like a couple. I mean, obviously, we've seen the two that we've done for the podcast. We've seen the seen Blair. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I guess I haven't actually seen that much of his stuff. Corey Blair, <clears throat> I've only seen three of his films, so I guess I just need to watch more Altman, which I've seen all PTA stuff, so it's easier to say like my opinion on PTA. Or I've had I've seen more than three. Yeah, but the point is I only seen very few of stuff, so I guess I just need to watch more of his stuff properly. Well, I think everyone
1: would be better off if they saw it. The thing <laughs> with uh, Altman though is that like he he directed a lot of movies and he has a lot of movies that are considered pretty like not great, you know. Yeah. I think he was one of those directors who worked for a really long time and then and he just ended up producing things that were are obviously unequivocal masterpieces. But then I For think sure. he also made a lot of movies, too, that you would say are just kind of like, eh, whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just, I mean, he's made so many movies, that it's hard not to, they can all be hits. It can all be shortcuts Nashville, but.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, if you made Nashville or shortcuts, I mean, that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're you're good. You're in good hands. <laughs>
1: they're, they're, they're so gargantuan. They have so much stuff going on in them, you know? It's just crazy. Yeah. I love that. I love it.
0: That's wonderful. I saw a horror movie recently in theaters. Yeah, I'm guessing it's all talk to me. It's all talk to me. Yeah. I did. And we'll probably
1: see that movie maybe sometime soon. I don't know.
0: I think you should. I think you would enjoy it. I I saw the movie and I was like, Andrew would like this movie.
1: (laughs) I mean it's an A twenty four horror movie, so Yeah, but I'm still I'm still curious about it. I'm very curious about it.
0: It's not the A twenty four E like it's not the nice thing about it is like you know 824 right they they kind of have this thing where they, they they feel like they need to have like a message which is fine uh which it's i guess bizarre, yeah but talk to me like it has a message but like it's not it doesn't really matter like the message is kind of like it's not like a big part of it and it is made by a a youtuber so yeah uh, youtube
1: australian youtube brothers
0: It looks like it. I mean, it doesn't look bad, but like, you know, it has that kind of like digital sort of like type of lighting and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's made on a small budget, but it's fun. It's spooky. It's silly. There's some good special effects in there. There's some good moments. There's this really good. Oh, why can't I think of the word of that? Montage. That's really Mm -hmm. fun in the beginning. I think the idea of the story is good my biggest complaint with talk to me is it just feels like there's a lot more that could have been in the movie that just wasn't like it feels like it could have been longer which is a weird thing for me to complain about because you know I, I love my 90 minute movie and this is 95 minutes so i love something short and sweet and to the point but but talk to me i feel like there could have been more i don't i'm not sure exactly what but it, and, and there's this consensus at least i found on letterboxd where people are like oh it's like dark and disgusting and uh, and depressing and all of that. And, like, that's what, like, we need to go back to the day of horror movies when they were like that. Like, just miserable experiences, but...
1: What fucking, like, horror movie ends on a positive note? Have you ever... <laughs> Can you think of one horror movie that exactly. ends, like, on a note that isn't, like, kind of negative? Every yeah. one I'm thinking of ends, like, at least, like, somewhat negatively.
0: Exactly. Yeah. There, I don't know what they're... No t- so,
1: they're... people are making stuff up. People make yeah. stuff up so much, like... Like Like, people buy it they're just like oh yeah
0: yeah like yeah 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 that 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 seems to be but but talk to me like i think it's got some very depressing things about it but i i think there's some like positive It, it has a weirdly hopeful ending i guess in a way i don't know i enjoyed it overall you can tell that like all of the casts are, like, probably haven't really been in much before, so some of the, like, extra performances aren't spectacular, but all of, like, the main performances, especially the, the woman whose name, I, I don't know, I guess I could look it up, her name is Sophie Wilde, she's incredible in this, I think she gives an incredible performance, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I think you'd like it. I think it's a fun theater experience. I don't know if there's anything spectacular to say about it. Obviously, horror movies is like not really my go-to genre, and I probably wouldn't have seen it in theaters if some friends didn't want to see it in theaters because it was their go-to genre. But yeah, I had fun. I had a good time watching it.
1: I might see it. I don't know.
0: I mean, it's good in theaters, but like, I don't know if there's anything that special about the theater experience for this movie. Like I don't know how much extra you're going to get than from watching it at home at night, you know, in a dark room. Yeah. But it's fun. I mean it's always fun to go to the theater, so I always encourage going to the movie theater, but yeah. But yeah. Yeah, man. And then last thing I'll mention cuz this is the only movie I watched since we last talked. I have not been watching very many movies. I'm, I'm off my game, man. I've only watched I've like...
1: watched a lot. <laughs> Keep going.
0: <laughs> The only, only movie I watched was I Went and Saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. <laughs> Have
1: you ever seen any of the movies?
0: I watched the series when I was a kid, but I don't know if I've seen any of the movies.
1: Yeah, I liked Teen N T when I was a kid. I like the video games. I like the yeah, um the animated good. one one of the animated series, not the original one. Um and I remember seeing the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action movie in the which um
0: no, before that. <laughs> no. The uh the, it's like an 80s the one movie. where they're they're like costumes, right?
1: Yeah, they're wearing like these yeah, big, yeah, yeah. like almost like puppet costumes to make yeah. them look like the turtles. And you know, that movie is actually like I haven't seen it in a while and I'd like to rewatch uh-huh. it because I remember at the time as a child thinking that it was really dark. It's like dark <laughs> and and I figuratively and literally, like it's it has like yeah. very dark lighting. Like because they're like walking around the streets of New York City and I don't know, like people that like, get beat up and get hurt, and Master Splinter is like get like gets like I think hurt really bad and like they're really upset about it, and um, yeah, I I I I I it's probably still really good,
0: <laughs> probably. That's awesome. <laughs> I, love it. I I mean I loved the series when I was a kid. Whichever series animated series was out when we were kids, I don't know. Yeah, which iteration? But I loved it, and then there's a new one new series anime kit series that emily yeah i know what you're in, about. william watches which is very good it's like really well written it's funny it looks good it's a great like kids it's a kids series so like it is made for kids so keep that in mind but it's a really good series that i watched a couple episodes with him that i've really enjoyed so i was excited going into this you know i like seth Rogen stuff but... Uh, I know it had a lot of big cast in it, and it looked like it was going to look good, or at least different for an animation movie. Mm-hmm. And it does. I think the great thing about this movie is you know, talking about like 70s New York, it makes New York look really fucking grimy. Like, it just looks so okay. gross and grimy. And all of the humans in this look weird and gross. And the hand-drawn animation style, or whatever animation style that they use for this, looks great. The way they use lights is really cool so whenever there's like a light in the on screen they'll hmm. like use little scribbles to like show like the reflection of the light it's really cool it's like a really cool technique that's just like this little tiny thing and it, like spider-man into the spider but it's a very different animation style what i love about this is there's just always shit going on you know and like they're truly using the full mise-en-scene like every single little drawing in here like there's just a bunch of things going on simultaneously which is i love it and it's very different from spider-man to the Spyroverse in and a whole lot of different ways but i think the drawings and animation style of this looks incredible it's amazing it's weird because which is also <laughs> was weird when we saw the barbie movie i don't know if this was the case with you andrew but when we saw the barbie movie we saw a lot of trailers for kids movies. Like, I saw a Paw Patrol Patrol trailer in front of Barbie. I don't think I saw that, no. That's funny. (laughs) Which is like... I get, like, kids are seeing Barbie, but I don't know if anyone's taking... They're like, I guess, you know what? My sister's six, and she went and saw Barbie, so it was just strange. But it was the same thing with, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, not only did we see the Paw Patrol, but all of the trailers I saw before it were all, like, children's movies. Which I get, like... It's children-esque, but... The movie's not pretty really. dark <laughs> i think it's a pg rating but it's pretty violent it's pretty dark like it, it's not it's got a lot oh, of the like t- in the, jokes.
1: T- the tmnt movie
0: yeah sorry the tmnt sorry going uh, back to that yeah all of the trailers were for children's movies like you had to be under the age of 10 to want to go see these movies like paw patrol and yeah and things of that nature i mean not even like you know, just like all age movies. I mean, like an Indiana Jones style movie. It was all just like kids animated stuff that I. Baby movies. Want to yeah, baby movies. I mean, there's actually. Uh, have you ever heard of Blippi? Is that what it's called?
1: That sounds familiar. It's like he's Blippi. like a
0: YouTube. He's like a YouTube person. <laughs> he makes like he's like know. on kid's YouTube. I don't know why you would <laughs> know him. I know him because I have a sister. But right, that yeah, was I mean. one of the trailers before this movie. And I'm like, who Blippi? Like, Blippi's for like two year olds. You know, like two and three-year-olds. Like, by the time you're yeah. five, you're like, I'm too old for Blippy. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it was weird. It's a, a weird trailer to put in front of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Especially because the only people in the theater were me and another man who was, like, in his 30s. So just that's two grown so men. Cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, like, that's the thing about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's, like, caught on with, it's still catching on with young kids, but they are also, like, yeah. 30, 40, 50-year-old men right. who are like, Yeah, I love, like, it in the 80s, <laughs> you know, I'll go see the new one.
0: So, (laughs) but it was a good time. There's some great performances. The story's good. The characters are really gross looking. Like some of the mutants, they look disgusting. And it's great. Like, it's great how disgusting they look. And all of the casting is really great. I really have no complaints with the movie. It's just a good, fun time. It's not as good as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's not certainly not as good as Oppenheimer or any of that, but I would say top five animated movies I've seen this year, which I guess I've only seen three, but still, it's good. I've seen one,
1: and I don't plan on watching any others. What'd you see? Uh, I just watched like Super Mario Brothers at home.
0: Oh, Oh, yeah, I saw that one too. That's right. I guess I've seen four. I've seen a lot of animated movies. I think that's it, though. Yeah, Super Mario Bros. The only
1: the... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a baby movie.
0: That is a baby movie.
1: <laughs> I did not. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> the only uh, anime movie I'm actually like legitimately excited for is a new Miyazaki movie. That comes out, this, out year. this
0: year.
1: Yeah. Maybe not in theaters but like in festivals this year.
0: They might do That's like
1: is the only yeah. one i'm excited for
0: i'm wondering so i guess i've never really there's movies that have come out in our age but i don't know if like do you ever remember like a new studio ghibli movie coming out in theaters
1: yes i saw I one didn't... in theaters
0: but like you saw in theaters when it was new or like during like their studio Ghibli yes. thing you no like a new one
1: new? yeah i oh, saw one when it was new it was uh, the secret world of Arietti, okay with like they're the little people that were around that one's okay but i yeah. saw that one in theaters when it came out
0: yeah I, I know so of course in almost all theaters they do the studio ghibli festival every year right yeah every the theater <laughs> every theater in the country does this because everyone likes studio ghibli it's like the they one thing them, yeah like it's like the one old movie they'll show in theaters everywhere for some reason like everyone is willing to go see a studio ghibli which is great i love it uh, it's amazing but
1: yeah they're good you know duh
0: i i obviously yeah but i i do wonder if that new one will if they'll be able to see it around here in theaters because i've never seen i think so ghibli i think film. that think i so? think it would play
1: i think this one would i mean play i guess they theaters. do i guess they
0: do the studio ghibli thing here too so that they, they'd have to do it in theaters right
1: No, I think it's called it's called The Boy and the Heron. I think that movie is gonna come out in theaters. I don't think that that movie is not not gonna come out in theaters. It is going to come out of theaters in the United States. I mean, like,
0: yeah,
1: definitely. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Um, I guess like what the last movie he made that that came out was in twenty thirteen. The Wind Rises. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that one came out in theaters around here. I'm assuming that it did. Um, but I was like seventeen. I Don't
0: remember. Yeah, we would have been like 16, we seventeen, been Yeah, but
1: yeah, <sighs> I don't remember that one coming out in theaters or not. I don't remember, but I mean, I have no doubt it'll come out in theaters. I just don't know when. Maybe this year. Maybe next year. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'd be pumped. I am mean, always. It's great to see. Yeah, you.
1: that's the only that's the only one I'm really excited for in terms of animation.
0: Yeah, that's fair. any other movies you want to talk about anything incredible you've seen that i have to know about
1: i don't know uh <laughs> I, i've been thinking about like robert Dunny jr a lot because uh you know <laughs> he was an oppenheimer, oppenheimer. he yeah. was an oppenheimer and uh he was okay he was pretty good you know but there is kind of like this kind of self-consciousness to it i feel like because he's he was doing the superhero thing for a long time. For and so now long. I feel like he's like, I can remember guys. I'm an actor. I could be a really good actor. <laughs> I can do serious roles. Yeah. yeah. I could do a serious role out. I feel like he's, that's what he's trying to do. And I don't for really, sure, 100%. I don't, it's a little self-conscious, but he's good. And yeah. I saw him in shortcuts and he was really good. And we watched a scanner darkly, which is good. And he's in that movie <laughs> and he's funny. And I was thinking about him a lot lately. And um, I watched, um, um, I ended up watching the documentary that he did about his dad that he's in yeah, from on Netflix. And that was a nice little movie. It's just kind of like, it's just kind of like a movie that Robert Downey Jr. obviously helped produced to kind of like sort of pay homage to his father who, who from the beginning to the end of the documentary his health declines a lot. So he's like walking right. around with a cane. And by the time the movie, the documentary ends, like he's better. He's, just stuck in bed like he
0: yeah
1: He he's not going to be able to move around. he can't move around he can barely talk and um i think he died like what last year or the year before um so that was like kind of like a nice little documentary about um robert downey senior who yeah just a heavy dude and before i saw senior i also saw another documentary which is also about heavy new york city dudes like, it, I watched the, the Turn Every Page documentary, which is on Netflix, which is the yeah. documentary about Robert, um, legendary book editor Robert Gottlieb and Robert Caro. Okay, yeah. And it's kind of a, it's like a documentary that's, like, about them individually, but also about their relationship as writer and editor. And they're kind of like love-hate relationship, and I don't know, it's like a very specific documentary, but I like, you know, I just, the subject is very interesting to me. You know, I... I like, uh, you know, writing books and editing books and, you know, research and, you know, uh, all the shit. And, um, you know, Robert Gottlieb, who died recently, very recently, like last month. Um wow. Robert Gottlieb, Robert Caro, they're all named Robert for some reason. Robert Downey <laughs> Sr. Like, I like these guys because they're heavy New Carrow. York City dudes yeah. who will never ever exist ever again. Right. Because they're like old dudes who, who lived in New York City and they are just very unique artistic guys who will never exist again. And so I like both those documentaries just because of that aspect to it.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Is Caro ever gonna finish his biography
1: of LBJ? Um well Robert Gottlieb died, so I guess he won't be he definitely won't be finishing the editing process of it. But <laughs> um but I mean they literally in the documentary show him working yeah. Like on it, so I mean, he's working on it. I think it's they the interview someone. They they interview someone who works there, and they're just like, um, you know, the last issue came out in twenty thirteen. You yeah. know that, yeah. And I think it's like it's like, you know, like there are big gaps in between the the Release all of all of his books, yeah. So. I
0: mean, I know like he puts a more work into them than you know anyone I on I heard Earth, but...
1: they interviewed someone from like um Knopf, I think that's the publishing house that they, yeah, that those books come through. And the woman and they interview like a woman who works there, and she's like, Kara is working harder than ever. <laughs> and I mean, this dude's like 80s something, so I don't know. I think he's working on it. Will he finish it?
0: I just don't want like him to, to think... die before he finishes it.
1: I mean, Robert Gottlieb already died. So, I mean, I
0: know that's what I'm saying. It's just a matter of time. It's
1: getting, it's getting close. It's getting really (laughs) close. Uh, I like his, I I like uh, the stuff with Caro is really great just because, like, they talk about like his research style and how he moved to Texas to live in the town that LBJ
0: LBJ lived
1: in is from. So, he like moved there to live there for a long time to gather research and kind of like try to, you know, he's awesome. So, learning well, his. That was just a really good documentary, and that movie is actually directed by Robert Gottlieb's daughter, Lauren Gottlieb.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: And so, of course, there are things about Robert Gottlieb that you'll learn online that are a little bit unseemly, and of course, it's Uh, not in the documentary. Yeah. So, of course, because it's made by his daughter. (laughs) Right. But still, but still, a heavy dude, heavy dudes, you know, just awesome guys. Robert Carroll. You know
0: he he didn't publish his first book till he was like in his 40s right wasn't he like 40 when he published power broker
1: probably yeah he worked on that for a really long time and of course like the relationship with robert gottlieb of course was very important to the editing process because what like he put in the power broker and it was like a manuscript that's like this big which you can't (laughs) produce and they're and they're like i think caro told gottlieb like could we maybe do a couple volumes you know and gottlieb very wisely was like look it's going to be really hard to get people to read one book around, about Robert Caro. <laughs> I think it'll be impossible to do two. So we just got to do one, you know? And I think that was very wise of about Robert Moses. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Not Robert. Yeah. Not Robert Moses. Is what Moses
0: I mean, yeah. 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 That's yeah. a good point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not wrong. Which, yeah, I think it's very wise. <laughs> Yeah, stuff like that. You know, shit like that. Like, shit like that is in the documentary. And, and so it's it's fun. It's on Criterion, so you probably like it. I don't okay. see why not. It's very, yeah, you know, absolutely. boilerplate, but it's good. That's
0: wonderful. I mean, you know, Kara's one of my favorites. He's the reason I got into reading biographies, was his work with the Power Broker and stuff. So
1: I, I own all of them, but I haven't read them. But maybe I'll try to, like, get into Power Broker and read it this year.
0: I would, yeah, I would start with Power Broker.
1: No, I'm reading, no, definitely, yeah.
0: Because, like, the thing about the LBJ series... One of the, no, it's huge. I, you, it's the, like four the, 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 Yeah, that's the thing, though. It's like it's like 5,000 pages. <laughs>
1: I, I own them all, but yeah, like... Yeah, uh, yeah Power Broker, I'm going to get to maybe there Power later Power Broker's this a good year. start.
0: I mean, it's, it's great, and it's a good way to get into Carol because obviously, like...
1: I mean, that's pretty much it. It's, it's like Power Broker and then LBJ. Even though it's models. like
0: 1,000 like 1, pages, it's still like a condensed version yeah, of yeah. Caro. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and they and they 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 touch on like certain chapters and parts of the Power Broker that are great, mm-hmm. you know, like that that make that make oh, the yeah. book seem really appealing. So yeah.
0: It's a great read. I mean, even <laughs> yeah, it's people cool. listening, even if you don't like biographies, I think anyone maybe not the LBJ series just because it's so specific, but I think anyone could like the Power Broker. It's it's that good. Uh, yeah, it's just for sure. So yeah. incredible. Like it's not just well researched, it's just so well written. It's funny. Oh yeah. It's insane, it's wild. It's honestly everything you want in a book.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Interesting guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I was thinking about him a lot. I just, I just ended up <laughs> watching a lot of movies that he was in, and uh, yeah, I don't know.
0: His dad, he was like a, he was a filmmaker, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. A filmmaker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's why he made a movie about I him. Just, he's like, yeah, a yeah. That's
0: what I was making sure. <laughs>
1: He's a heavy, like New York City kind of experimental filmmaker, essentially. Okay,
0: that's what I thought. Yeah, that's good. Good for him. Well, I guess he's dead now, right? His... Yeah, he died. He's dead he right died now. like yeah. very recently. Yeah, that's too bad. But yeah,
1: but other than that, that's pretty much uh, what I wanted to talk about today.
0: do well, That's great. Next week we're watching such as Zen. Such as of... Zen. Zen. That'll be fun. I'm excited for that. Excited. Maybe I'll watch some kung fu movies to prepare me for the experience we'll see
1: i don't know just why i mean like john woo movies are kind of kung fu i could Those watch some great. John
0: great i mean john was always great I, i've never had a bad I time love with John woo. Woo. <laughs> all right well uh thank you all for listening thank you again yeah.